Welcome to FMH InsureCast, a podcast created by Farmers Mutual Hale, designed to deliver expertise and insights from trusted FMH team members and industry experts. Each new episode will dive into new products, industry updates, and innovative solutions. Let's get to today's topic. Hello, and welcome back to the FMH InsureCast. I am your host, Ryan Bennis. On today's episode, I will be chatting with Shannon Rutledge. Shannon became FMH's 13th president at the beginning of 2022. Let's get to know Shannon and hear his thoughts on crop insurance industry and the future of Farmers Mutual Hail. Shannon, welcome to the show. Thanks, Ryan. Great to be here. We're going to get into a little bit of the meat and potatoes later as far as uh, your vision and FMH's vision for the future. But first, I want to hear a little bit about yourself. I've been married for 26 years, married my high school sweetheart. I have uh, two teenage daughters, one attending Baylor University, one that's a junior in high school. Uh, We're heavily involved in in, uh, the horse showing business. Uh, Both girls ride for the American Quarter Horse Association, and uh, actually my oldest daughter is on the Baylor equestrian team. That keeps us very busy uh, on a personal front. Working at Farmers Mutual Hale, uh, it's my 27th year. I've worked in, I think, about every department that we've had over that period of time, with the exception of PNC. Started out uh, summers in college, pulling staples at a loss proofs. Worked in the field for about six or seven years. We started with multi peril adjusting losses, things of that nature, selling, selling policies with agents. Worked in the reinsurance department for about five or six years. Uh, was Part of uh, operationally combining the back offices for crop hail and multi peril as an operations coordinator, was uh, the head of the multi peril department for a while. And then ultimately, after the deer acquisition, was the chief operating officer for the last six or seven years until that brings us up to, to date. Got the, the new job at the first of the year. So, right. Yeah. It's, right. Uh, and so, it's been uh, a lot of time in a lot of areas, Ryan, and right. <laughs> not a lot of. You know, I like to say, I can talk about a lot of things, but I can't go super deep on any of them. <laughs> sure, sure. And uh, as you know, you're 13th president. All of those presidents have been religious. And it hasn't been a straight line of lineage from, from W.A. Rutledge, who would be the, our founder of Farmers Mutual Hale way back in 1893. So can you help us understand a little bit of where you fit in? Uh, we just had Ron Rutledge retire uh, here at the end of 2021. How do you fit in with, uh, with the Rutledge family? So it's, uh, it gets confusing even for me sometimes. There's quite a few branches on that tree. But uh, Ron was my uncle and his brother, Steve uh, Rutledge, the president uh, that he uh, followed, that, that was my father. Then Dave Rutledge, who I think was the eighth or ninth president, and he was my grandfather. He's probably the one who turned me on to getting into the business all the way back when I was uh, 12 or 13 years old by uh, giving me some really good advice about uh, coming to work for the company in case my professional sports career didn't work out, which obviously it didn't. So <laughs> this has been a good ride. Tell me a little bit more about your, your hopes and dreams. I'm kind of curious. Uh, at professional sports, what was the dream before FMH? Well, you know, when you're 12 and 13 and uh, your love of football uh, takes you through high school, and then I was lucky enough to get a a scholarship to Indiana University as a as a punter, you know, you kind of have aspirations of maybe one day going to the NFL. And 
as you get a little older, you kind of realize, you know, there's, let's see, at the time, I think there was 28 pro teams and they all had a punter from the previous year. So there was probably three jobs. So you extrapolate that out. You look at the odds and you look at the number of years. you have. To, I, I just thought the insurance industry was a much safer play. So it didn't well, take me too long to give up on that. Sure, but, sure. No, I think, uh, well, I think you made the right choice. So. All right. So Shannon, I do have a quick story for you um, that'll lead into another question. But um, obviously I, I work with farmers and agents and I do a lot of farmer meetings in the January, February timeframe. And I always like to share with them a little bit about Farmers Mutual Hail. Uh, the fact that the company was founded here in the Midwest, uh, run by the same family, the Rutledge family for 129 years now. Uh, and that it's a truly a family company. Not only has it been run by the Rutledge family, but I think um, the other day you told me how many other family combinations were there working at FMH today. And by the way, I'm personally guilty of that as well. So how many yes, was you it? Are. <laughs> uh, I want to say a couple of years ago, we looked at um, all of the different families that had multi-generations that had worked here. And uh it was between 35 to 40 families when you looked at the, in the field and internally that had had multiple generations that worked for FMH. So when we say we're a family company, it's not just the Rutledge family. There you um, go. So now so to finish that off, though, when I'm at those meetings, I let those farmers know that uh, as a family company, I, I know the president and I know probably the next president and maybe the one after that. And the only bad news is that I'll never be president because I got the wrong last name. I usually get a chuckle out of that, but that was not the case for you. Uh, you knew a long time ago that you could be in this position and, and you are now today. Um, so what does it mean now to be the president of Farmers Mutual Hale? I'm really excited and it's an honor for sure. Ron left me with some great advice. He said, you know, two things, be humble. It's really not about you. This place has been around 129 years. It'll surely survive the next generations to come. If you just make sure that you're doing everything in the best interest of your employees, you know, the producer, the agent, those that really matter. And we're blessed here to have just an unbelievable team that uh, goes to work, living those values every day. So yeah, it's like the doctor's creed, right? It's just do no harm, lead uh, the strategy, be conservative. And uh, that's kind of, you know, what it means to me today. But, you know, as, as we sit here having this conversation, it's, <laughs> it's still early days. It might change in the coming months. Uh, no, you're, you're doing great so far. I did hear you mention strategy and I did want to allow you to have a chance to share with our audience here a little bit more about some of our areas of focus at FMH, uh, what kind of goals we have leading us forward. So a few of those goals are company health, growth, customer experience, and value proposition. Um, and we'll get to what each of those mean here. But I'd just like you to start off by touching on each one of these, what they mean, and, and then what we're doing to try and achieve them. So Let's start off with with company health, which is it's about people here at FMH, right? And, yeah. and financial security. Go ahead and explain. Yeah. So when, when we are looking at our strategic direction and where the alignment is for everyone in the organization, right? We, we put things into those four buckets that you mentioned. And you know, probably the, the first thing that you have to have 
is your company needs to be healthy with not only financially making sure that your exposure, your, your, you know, your risk to surplus ratios, you know, that you're able to, to continue to pay losses timely and, and, and grow at, at an appropriate rate. You know, you need all those key metrics in, on your financial balance sheet, but you also have to have the employees and your customer that's in a good position as well. So we just try to make sure that we're mindful of all the decisions that we make and the directions that we're going, where we're looking for the greater good for all of the people who are a part of Farmers Mutual Health. That's really kind of what, uh, what company health is, is all about. A very conservative financial approach that has a, a, a patient timeline for results, not something that happens on a quarterly basis. And I know we'll probably touch on some of the differences there mm-hmm. between us and our competitors, but, uh, but that's for the most part company health. And then, you know, as we get into growth, everybody wants to grow, right? I mean, there's mm-hmm. that, the old adage, if you're not growing, you're dying. But growth for the sake of growth, that's, that's not healthy either. And that could impact your company health, right? Your financial statement. So we want to be very mindful of who we're growing with, where we're growing, and what type of products we're selling. So a very data-driven, detailed approach that has a lot to do with where we currently have business and where we don't have business. I mean, geographic diversification is a huge part of our growth or expansion goals, if you will. And, and then the product side or the innovation around products is, is another key component because you know not every area has the same needs. I mean, if you look at certain geographies, they have certain risks that, uh, that they have to worry about uh, more so than others. So, right. Is there any specific areas of the country that FMH is focused on growing in today? I think the opportunities that we have have really shown to be in the Southeast. Uh, we haven't had much of a, a prior, you know, in years past, we haven't had much of a presence in those areas. There's definitely a focus to try and create diversification with our current portfolio, if you will, with the business that we write. And, and we've got great relationships that we've developed. Uh, some of them is, came on with the, uh, the deer acquisition. And we've been able to maintain those and build and, uh, even stronger relationships. So we're excited about, about that as, as, as well as, as others. But, but uh, yeah, I'd say the Southeast is an is yeah. area of focus. No, that's great. And so that, I mean, that's part of some organic growth. But I also heard you mention um, the John Deere acquisition that we had now almost uh, six or a little over six years ago now. So yeah, 2015, I think we closed. 2015. Any possibility of future acquisitions at Farmers Mutual? We are always paying attention to what's going on in the industry. And with parent companies, and I mean parent companies, you've got, you've got all the AIPs that, that, are, that are currently owned by somebody else, someplace else. You get through a rough patch three, four, five years, and all of a sudden that parent company might not think that this business is such a great investment. So so we're always kind of watching to see the relationship between the the, the multi-pearl writer and 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 how things are going with with the parent company. That's one of the differences I think between Farmers Mutual Hill and, and a lot of our competitors is you know, this is what we do. We don't have a parent company. I mean, the farmer owns us, the policyholders own Farmers Mutual Hill. Right. And because of that, we can be very patient and and wait. So I guess what I would say to answer your question uh, is we're opportunistic. 
and constantly looking at the landscape to see what might make the most sense. But, but from a acquisition, a, a growth through acquisition strategy, we don't feel it's necessary. So if the right opportunity came along, we, yeah, we would definitely look at it. Sure. No, that's great. That's great. So let's, let's move on to one of my favorite topics because I get to talk about it with agents all the time, which is customer experience. Um, how is FMH continuing to keep customers expecting the highest level of service from us? We measure a lot of things. We have a lot of key metrics in the customer experience space. And it's so we can tell a story to all of the people that uh, are they're either our customers or business partners, really uh, to, to celebrate where we are providing that experience. And it goes back to when I first started, I always heard that Farmers Mutual Hail had the best claim service, you know, just anyone you would talk to. And I always thought, well, that's great, but how do we really know? What information have we gathered that tells us that besides our opinions of ourselves? Mm-hmm. And I've never heard anybody say that they have bad claim service <laughs> or that, they're, that right. their customer service isn't any good. So, so over the last 10 or so years, uh, we have made it a very conscious effort to ask our customer, the farmer, how we do on claims, to ask our agents, how do we, how do, we do on underwriting? What is our turnaround time? So we have a lot of key metrics around customer experience because it's so important. How do you know if you're getting better or getting worse if you don't measure things? And, you know, it's that scoreboard mentality, I guess, that goes back to playing sports growing up. You're either winning or losing the game. That happens on a daily basis. And if you're not keeping track mm-hmm. of it, how do you know which direction you're going? So, so it's very well, important. Yeah. And I, I remember talking with you earlier. You mentioned that getting perfect scores there doesn't help us. Right. right. Um, and so when we do have, you know, snags or hiccups, we're reaching out directly to a farmer and we're saying, hey, what went wrong here? And, and we're learning from it. And I think that's where we, we end up uh, gaining the most experience, learning how to do what we do a little bit better. So, yeah, you know, for the farmers who might be listening, who've had a claim with us and we push that out to them, you know, I would highly encourage you to fill it out uh, because it's not just going into some box in the corner. I read through those. We, those, those are very transparent in our building. Those opportunities for improvement are what we need to make sure that we're providing the service that uh, has been expected of us for 129 years. And hopefully will drive us to be around for, for another 129. Right. So I might answer this question with customer experience, but what are some other ways that um, FMH is separating themselves from competition in a world, in a crop insurance world where the rates are the same, the rules are the same because it's not FMH making the rules and rates. It's, it's a uh, USDA RMA that is coming up with those rules. How, how are, how is FMH separating themselves from competition? Being mindful of the customer experience, right? That's a, such a key component of that, but product innovation is also a key component. And you're very familiar with that, Ryan, the development of filling the needs of the farmer where there's gaps in coverage that the government's providing. Right. Mm-hmm. So we call that private products. So the, all of the private products that we can bolt on to the government program or the perils that 
that may not be covered, like the, the price components and things of that nature. So that's a huge part of what our value proposition or a differentiator for us is. You know, the other component of what we really are spending time and energy and resources on ever since the acquisition of uh, the John Deere book of business is the precision insurance solution space. Our, our uptick on usage of, of those services and tools has exponentially increased over the last four and five years. And we feel that the benefit is not only to us as an AIP, but we feel that the farmer sees a tremendous benefit too. It does take time on the front end set up. There are, there's work that needs to be done to leverage what comes along with, you know, the precision space, but mm-hmm. uh, it's a key component and a key driver for us going forward. Right. I, I've always said that if you don't buy a private product from us, if you do nothing more than just buy a MPCI policy with us, and then you do precision, you've made your policy better. Right. Because you are making that policy more tailored to, to your operation in, in a way that not using precision does, just doesn't do. And so that, as, a, as you mentioned, Shannon, we're a leader in the industry when it comes to using precision data for crop insurance, reporting acres, production, and even claims and audits. So uh, definitely yeah. a big one. You know, the, the, the big piece is everybody's looking for more time. Time to do whatever they want, time to farm more acres, time to spend more, you know, time to spend with their family, whatever it might be. And if you give up a little bit of time on the front end using these precision solutions, you can save a whole lot of time on the back end, you know, Mm -hmm. with the accuracy of the data, you know, avoiding compliance audits, uh, things of that nature. I mean, it's, uh, it's one of those things that it, it pays for itself in the long run, for sure. No doubt. No doubt. Okay. Switching gears here a little bit. So Shannon, what are the challenges you see in the industry that would affect the future of risk management, not just for farmers, but for FMH and and the industry as a whole? I think we should probably start with what's going right or what's in our favor. And and that's the overall bipartisan support by Congress of of RMA and the AIPs and, and where we're at. Which you is know, rare, right? That's it's not a, super. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. All you have to do is turn on the news to find out how rare that is. Um, it's about the only thing I, I believe is being agreed upon. But yeah, the, the you know food supply is is part of national security. So, and you look around what's going on with you know Ukraine and Russia and and inflation and and the commodity prices and the volatility there and and. You know, if you want to call it climate change or or the weather patterns, the volatility there, the severity and the frequency of that, it's never been more important, in my opinion, to have a very strong you know program, farm program, you know, with the private and public sectors uh, helping the American producers. So, mm-hmm. so it's you know it's 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 a great time to be in the business uh, for sure. It, the future of it is um, never been needed more. Uh, I think the challenge is going to be just to navigate through all of these uncertainties that we have Mm -hmm. and to do it in a conservative, patient approach. Right. Totally agree. So we mentioned earlier that there is a few things that FMH uh, makes us a unique in in comparison to some other AIPs and how that might help FMH be better able to handle some of those challenges. So the fact that we're a mutual company, uh, longevity, we've been around for 129 years. American-based company. What what specifically about those things 
makes FMH especially capable of handling some of the challenges that we've talked about? Yeah, it's a good question. I would say the number one differentiator when it comes to us and the rest of our competitors is probably overall our corporate commitment to crop insurance. I mean, this is all we do. Um, we, every other line of business that we have underneath the FMH corporate umbrella is tied to the American farmer. And, and the reason we do it is that it provides solutions for their risk and it's tied to crop insurance, right? So when we make decisions, we're constantly looking at it through that lens. And we're also making sure that the horizon our time horizon, it's not, you know, what's going to happen in the next uh, 90 days or the next quarter. It's typically with a, all right, here's our one, three, five, 10 year plan. And where do we want to be? And we're usually very conservative about, you know, I'm, I'm, we've been talking a little bit about growth and, and product development. You know, we, uh, we definitely test the water before we do anything. And when we put something out there or any strategy or, or project that we're trying to, to, to start, we're, we've got a timeline that's probably a little bit longer, not quite as aggressive as maybe um, others in the industry, uh, because we're not trying to drive a rate of return for an investor. You know, our, our policy holders own the organization and we exist to serve them. So I think that inherently builds a culture that's far different than any other organization that does what we do. Yeah. And not to, not to try and contradict you in any way, but I would argue that we're still one of the most innovative AIPs out there. When you look at the precision offerings that we have and the products that we have, we continue to offer products that other AIPs don't. I would still argue that although we can, we can kind of, balance both uh right well, you'll yeah and actually you'll get no argument on me we we are extremely innovative but what we don't do and and this is kind of what i'm speaking to is we don't say all right we're going to take this this product and we're going to sell it to every farmer in every state that we do business right we're very mm -hmm. surgical about our approach to all of those innovative ideas and we make sure that anything that we do we're not going to get ourselves into some financial constraint because we did it carelessly sure because we didn't make sure that we protected the downside, whether that be through reinsurance or we sold it at a rate that wasn't sustainable. You know, uh, those, are, those are things that we always try to avoid. I'm not saying we get everything right 100% of the time. We always mm -hmm. learn. But back to, you know, the customer experience and, and the surveys that we send out, you know, we're constantly trying to strive to get better. Awesome. Well, Shannon, I've really enjoyed our conversation, but I'm going to give you the last word here. Any final words for uh, farmers, agents, business partners out there that uh, you'd like to share with them as the newest president of FMH? I think uh, first and foremost, just to say thank you for the opportunity to serve you in whichever capacity that we do. It's something that uh, we take very seriously, the responsibility. It's a pleasure to do it. I think that we, we really enjoy coming to work with the purpose of protecting America's farmer. And building relationships with our agency force. They're the, you know, the trusted advisor of the farmer, trying to do everything we can to educate and, and promote and, and help protect our food supply. So no, I just say thank you and uh, looking forward to the future. Awesome. Well, thank you for joining uh, the FMH InsureCast, Shannon. And thank you listeners. Don't forget to subscribe to the FMH InsureCast on whatever platform you are using. And we hope you join us again soon. 
You've been listening to FMH InsureCast. We appreciate you joining us today and would like to hear from you. If you have questions about today's topic or an idea to share for an upcoming podcast, you can contact us at fmhpodcast at fmh.com. Thanks for listening. This podcast is intended for information purposes only. See policy provisions, terms, and conditions for details. Products underwritten by Farmers Mutual Hail Insurance Company of Iowa and its affiliates, West Des Moines, Iowa. Farmers Mutual Hail is an equal opportunity provider.